Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. So I, I, probably what I'll do is I'll introduce you. Does that seem like a good idea? Uh, explain to the listeners who you like are. To. Okay, and then you could maybe introduce me. I mean, presumably people know what show they're listening to, but they might not. All right, so I'm talking right now to Jill Solbule. She's finally come back to our studios. We have wanted this for a long time. She was here a few years ago, and then when we and it was just so wonderful. Uh, I don't want to put a lot of pressure on this particular visit, but it was uh, maybe the most unforgettable show we ever did, and we wanted her to come back. We put out little bowls of milk outside the building. And uh, nothing, nothing seemed to happen. But she's here in town today. You're at the Mark Twain House, but you're not. You're playing in the library. I mean, not this moment. That's what you're doing. You're playing in a little beautiful. First room. of all, that's a lot of pressure. Like, it is what, a lot of pressure. Which if this? What if this one is yeah. just mediocre? This one. I, know, I mean, it, not that it just it sucks, but what's worse is if it's just mediocre, right. as opposed to. Un- it would probably be better if it really tanked. Yeah, you know, which I could do. Better. But yeah, it's true. You could be tired. You could be <laughs> surly. There's a lot of things that might get in the way of you repeating your performance from last time. Yeah. On the other hand, you are Jill Sobiel. Yeah, you know, unpredictable. Yeah. So, yes, it's so exciting to be in the library yeah. playing Unplugged. With, uh, with the candlestick. With a candlestick. And, and it's in the library in front of the fireplace yeah. and, and on the mantle is... They told me all the little items and, and uh, paintings where he used to have his story time. Right. And he would have to use each one of those items on the mantle in his story. It was one of his things. So That's very you. I know. Right. Yeah, me and Mark Twain. Yeah. Well, didn't you – well, you should play a song first. We should establish that you are Jill Solbiel and you do play songs. Do you have a plan? Do you have a, a game plan? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a new song. Okay. Let's do it. Um, I say, let's do it. I'll be sitting here. I might have to. Um, oh shoot! There it goes. Okay, this. Um, let me see. Th- this one is a little bit. Oof. Is it okay if I start with one that's just a little? Uh, not, it's not sad, but it's. It's, it's okay. It's my latest. I, I had a recent breakup. Yeah, our emotion. Our listeners are emotionally. Fragile, and but they'll come along with you. I, I mean, had they, a recent breakup, and I have to tell you, no, it was heartbreaking, but yeah. it does bring out. Some, I wrote some good songs. It gives you something. To and write what about. lasts longer? Face it. <laughs> like what lasts longer? The person that wrote Green Sleeves, right. his relationship, or that song? Well, there you go. Exactly. All right. Lost my keys, I lost my heart Lost my car in the parking lot Lost my voice but can hear her sing From the island of lost things Island of lost things I lost my phone, I lost my way Lost the hours of the day Grandma's ring swirled down the drain To the island of lost things Island of lost things I 
lost my shirt, I lost my aim Lost the person I could blame I wish I could recall his name The island of lost things My mom was not a hoarder She threw everything away My 45's my favorite toys Shoebox full of Polaroids Plastic on the good couch Everything was clean A vacuum bag of treasures In the island of lost things I lost my wallet, my ID Is someone else becoming me? My girlfriend's somewhere on the seas To the island of lost things I'd like to book a trip there And maybe I could find Traipsing through the ruins The dreams I left behind I could put it in my pocket And I'd clip its wings So we could never fly again To the island of lost things lost my pop, I lost my fizz Oh, the wonder that I miss I miss the taste of your sweet kiss The island of lost things And if you ever go there Call me if you find What happened to my true love The one I left behind Is she underneath the palm tree? Staring out to sea Spinning my old records On the island of lost things I lost my keys, I lost my heart I lost my care in the parking lot I lost my voice but can hear her sing from the island of lost things. Jill Sobule, beginning on a wistful note. I wouldn't say sad, I would say wistful. Was, was wistful. it wrong? Should no, I no, have done something? It's no, a wistful. No, there is no wrong. There is no wrong. We can't, there is, we can't be wrong. So it made me think of two things. One of them is, and I want to talk to you about this later, that you did a collaboration earlier this year, and you may be doing more for all I know, with The Civilians, which is this wonderful theater troupe yes. uh, that I've been to see many times and like very much. The first time I ever saw them, though, they were doing an entire production of things that New Yorkers had lost. Right. What, what they do is they go around and they collect well, – why am I you, – you say what The Civilians do. Oh, it's kind of journalistic theater. Yeah. So they'll go, and and the dialogue is taken from actual dialogue of the things that they write down right. or hear from people. So that one was talking about lost things. Yeah. They they would do things like you know they spent a couple months in, uh, in Colorado Springs, in Colorado Springs, and in the Valley in Los Angeles mm. with the uh, people in the porn community mm-hmm. for one called Pretty Filthy. 
something like that. I haven't like seen that. that one. Oh, it's a But I saw the Colorado Springs one, and the weird thing there was that they went to Colorado Springs because they wanted to do, they wanted to, once again, what they do is they kind of collect testimony or oral history or whatever, conversations, and they convert a lot of them into songs and, and create a kind of theatrical framework around that. So they just wanted to be in a place where there was a strong evangelical Christian presence and collect all this stuff up. And while they were there, the Ted Haggard thing happened it, in Colorado it's Springs. so lucky. Yeah. The timing was amazing. <laughs> and so we, my son and I saw it at the Vineyard Theater in New York. And the usher or the house manager or somebody told us that Ted Haggard had quietly slipped into the play <gasps> to the audience one night to watch you this play. You were there when he was no, there? No, no. I wasn't there that oh. night. I was just sort of saying that it was no. Although I could claim that now. Why don't I claim that? I sat next to Ted Haggard at that production there. It's a better story that way. <laughs> and he, and he, he caressed your thigh. Well, it's um, I, you know, I'm from Colorado. And mm-hmm. we used to, uh, my friends who lived in Colorado Springs, which yeah. has that, you know, focus on the family, mm. has their own area code. Right. That's how big it is. But my friend used to have a bumper sticker that said, focus on your own family. <laughs> right above her other uh, one that said... Uh, when the rapture comes, can I just have your stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yesterday when uh, the storms were coming and you were trying to get to Hartford in the midst of all these storms and there were, you know, now, of course, one of the things we know about the rapture is you're going to get a push notification on your phone, right? Yeah, like, what, be, this like, is so great. <laughs> there'll be this little thing <laughs> saying the, the rapture is happening in 10 minutes. But you know, one of my favorite things is I remember Simpsons where the rapture was coming and, and – uh, you know, Homer, uh, what's the daughter's name? Uh, 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 Lisa. Lisa. So, you know, Lisa was f- starting to float up above to the heavens because she's the good right. one. And Homer takes her leg and goes, you're not going anywhere, young lady. <laughs> it pushes her down. <laughs> well, there's a, there was a um, sort of a rapture-oriented, uh, I think, late 19th century cult uh, in New England, I'm pretty sure, where they believed – that I may, maybe I may have the date wrong, but they believed that some version of flying saucers were coming to take them away, and they would have a couple of times they would arrive on these hillsides at a preordained night when this was supposed to happen, and somehow or other they had come to the conclusion that the flying saucers could not carry metal. They'd been told by their leader that this was the case, and so they took out the zippers of their pants. And they cut them out and then the eyelets of their shoes so there'd be no metal on them. And I was thought like walking home when those flying saucers didn't come with no zipper. I'd be pissed. She's <laughs> like, <laughs> the just worst, the like... most kind of disappointing thing in the world. You know, I have I have a couple songs about the rapture. You want to sing a rapture song? Would you like if you sing along to one there there was one where Okay, this one has never been on a record or anything. Maybe okay. I should, but it... Uh, was I was ha- I love having conversations with people that may not think like me. And mm. this was uh, a few years ago, a guy who was evangelical preacher who also happened to be an ex-gay mm. and and believed in the you know, that therapy, the conversion therapy. And but mm. we had a nice talk, and I wrote him this little song. What if I'm wrong? What if you're right? What if there isn't an intelligent design When the day comes and judgment begins Will I be left behind? But what if I'm wrong? 
You are not correct, and there's no hellfire when we're dead. Regretting all the boys you could have kissed, all for nothing. It wasn't a sin. You were busy getting ready for the rapture, for the rapture, for the rapture. You were busy getting ready for the rapture, wanting us all. What if I've been? A really nice gal followed the golden rule, but now, because I don't believe in your best pal, you say I'll burn forever. But let's say he's real, but not like you sell. He's more like a nice hippie in God's spell. Well, I'd think that he was swell. Would the bum you out as you were busy getting ready for the rapture? For the rapture, for the rapture, you were busy getting ready for the rapture, wanting us all. I'll give to you, there is a God, a powerful, he sees it all. But do you think that he's that small to care about your candidate, your football team, or who you made? No, God is great, and everyone sings together. Ba 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 ba, ba 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 ba, ba 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 ba. What if you're wrong, and so am I? And what really happens when we die? And what if L. Ron Hubbard, he's right? Well, that would bum me out as you were busy getting ready for the rapture. Come on, for the rapture, for the rapture. You were busy getting ready for the rapture, warning us all. God is, the goddess is great. Yep. Jill Sobiel. I, I never recorded. Is it, you know, I, last time I saw you, I think was at a house a concert you were doing. And, and my significant other, we got the thing that has the cork in it, like the yeah. hard drive. Is, it, it's not, is that on that? You can't really get all of Jill Sobiel ever. I think, I think. so. It, it might, might be, be okay. yeah. I put it on a computer. It's a great recording because I love the recording. It sounds like it's, it's a, got the horns. It's, it's, yeah. it's a little uh, uh, Herb Albert-y, you know, association-y. Her, yeah. Herb Albert was raptured too. So um, no, he's still alive. Is he still alive? Okay. God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we said we were going to spread some fake news. <laughs> oh yeah, we were going <laughs> to. That'll come later. We're going to do some fake news later. Oh, good. So I know I I want to talk a little bit more about this because I know that that religion is an abiding interest in you for you and that you've done a project in the past. So we should first of all say you were brought up Jewish. Do you want to use the AJ Jacobs? Uh, Let's use the AJ Jacobs. Go ahead. Well, you, I, I can't exactly, but it's like uh, well, you, my you, family was Jewish. You know the exact quote? The fam- you, that your family was Jewish the way um, Olive Garden is Italian. Italian restaurant, yeah. yeah. That, that's how we grew up. Yeah. I, rem- I remember moving to New York and going, wow, hmm. these are Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Denver Jews. And, um, but, yeah, we grew up really, uh, but, you know, 
I remember the, the, the thing that upset me was when my parents got divorced and my mother married a non-Jew, an Irishman. Mm-hmm. The biggest change was Sunday brunch. It used to be bagels, lox, wonderful stuff, and then it became things with marshmallows on top and macaroni salads. It was horrible. Well, you you went a little bit further with this, right? You you got really interested. You said you wanted to do something where you talked in a non-threatening, non-confrontational way yes. with people about their – maybe a little toned down from where Bill Maher starts out. Yeah. And, and you wound up, I, I believe – Not be- being a jerk. Yeah. And, and, and you wanted to have it in a holy place. So Las Vegas obviously would be where you would do yes. this, right? Yes. And didn't you have – wasn't like L. Ron Hubbard's – grandson or yes. there, was, there was a Hubbard in, is part of the – explain what this was. It was kind of so like there, a festival. There was yeah. a, uh, it was a, a rock festival in Las Vegas last month and my friend was helping to curate it and knew that I uh, wanted for a podcast or something and never did it a thing called Speed Dating with God where someone who's – you know, I can't even go so far as to say I'm an atheist because I've been to a lot of atheist conventions. Mm. I used to do them with Julia and, and – uh, you know, playing at him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I felt that as dogmatic right? in certain oh, ways, yeah. as dogmatic. So I, I grew up kind of, you know, with no dogma, kind of open. And it was the idea of like speed dating with God. I'd like to, you know, spend a few days with you, mm-hmm. like in a civilian's journalistic manner. Mm-hmm. But and tell me why or that this I should maybe believe this or research this. So this was a music festival. It was actually called Speed Dating with God, and it was uh, we had panels with people that either came from or still in uh, uh, different um, different faiths and, and religions. So we had an Aztec dancer. We had the woman from Saudi Arabia. Rotana. Rotana is amazing, and she can't sing in her own country. Mm-hmm. And I love talking to her. I remember, you know, people. Uh, my style of interview, most people wanted to ask her about the oppression of, of women there, mm. which is a real thing. But mine was like, okay, I know these women are having an affair, are having affairs and heterosexual. And le- how, do, how do you guys do it? Where do you go? So it was, those were the kind of things I wanted to know. And then L. Ron, um, L. Ron Hubbard's grandson. Jamie DeWolf. Jamie DeWolf, who's an amazing performance artist, kind of a poet, storyteller. But he grew up, what was interesting was his father, who was supposed to take over Scientology and revolted against his his dad, but became a hardcore evangelical. Mm. So Jamie grew up like really kind of hardcore, like can't listen to rock records kind of thing. So so he – so he – he came from those two things. So we had an interesting interesting talk. And then we had my friend uh, who has become my friend who was in the Christian rock band called Jars of Clay. And, you know, Jars of Clay, this is an interesting thing, okay? Because I've always had this theory that, okay, you're somewhere – you're on the road. You're driving around and you get the radio on and you turn – you're turning the dial around or hitting search or scan or whatever, just looking for a station. Jars of Clay is one of those groups that if you heard them – You'd go, oh, these, this is great. This is kind of oh, this kind yeah. of kind of cool indie band. And then after you'd listen to all the way through the lyric, you might think, wait a minute, is this? I'm listening to like a Christian pop station or something. And then there's people who will turn that off. 
because it's a Christian pop station. But Jars of Clay, I mean, they're, you know, I think their songs are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, he's fantastic. He's really, uh, and he, he's become more of a progressive. And, and yeah, I follow him on Twitter. He's great. But he, he said it was, a, you know, a bit of a cross to bear. That, uh, As it were. A cross to bear. Yes, it was. So, you know, people would turn you off. Yeah. Without, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, because the, I can't be listening to no Christian pop station. Right. You know, it's back to sort of the atheist orthodoxy that you're talking about. Right. Um, which I, I have found the same thing, too, which is that atheists, oddly enough, can be extremely intolerant of people who are not atheists. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's uh, and I know plenty of them. Yeah. I, I remember one time I was with one of my friends and we were touring uh, somewhere in Montana. We were doing something together. And she, she was – she was – people were saying, oh, it was an old prison, the old mm-hmm. Western prison. And they were saying to her, you know, at, late at night we hang out here and there's ghosts. Mm-hmm. And of course being this kind of, you know – excuse me, kids. There's no such thing as a ghost. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Sally, right. let him have fun. Let them have fun. Stop it. It's really ghosts get it both ways, right? Because <laughs> the Christians don't want to celebrate Halloween because it's witchcraft. And then the atheists don't want to give ghosts any props. You really have to feel kind of bad for ghosts at this point. <laughs> oh, I mean, what if you're a ghost? Have you, I've, I've, I, have you ever seen a ghost? I never have. I, have. I have been in situations where I felt as though some odd presence that I couldn't see was around. I've been in situations where I, I, was, I used to stay at a house on the island of St. John quite a bit, and the, the man who had had the house built had died. And I, I was constantly having, the sensa- constantly having the sensation that someone had just got up and walked out of the room. But then I would look at all the people who were there, and no one had left. And this happened over and over again in that house. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, among other things, I felt the ghost didn't find me that interesting. You know, <laughs> the main experience of the ghost that you're having is him just getting up and leaving. I obviously don't know how to rap with ghosts. I guess. Yeah. But I, I don't – I mean would you, would you like your friend reject out of hand the notion that there are ghosts? No. I don't – you know, first of all, it's fun. I don't yeah. want to – and friendly ghost. <laughs> I love. It's not cats. always fun. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I, I just think, why, why ruin someone's fun if if it's something that that that's that has no negative impact on right. anyone's anyone's life. Yeah. Is this you, you said before the show that you want to start a podcast? Is this what our podcast is going to be like? We'll just sit around talking about stuff like this, or the podcast have a specific? Focus? Oh, my podcast yeah, has podcast. a specific. What's thing. it going to be? Oh. This is taking it a whole different thing, but I do want to do like speed dating with God, which yeah, I think is I very think that would be a good podcast. And I look, I really, I really think that would be really good. So that's that's one podcast yeah. I think would be really. You don't great have to talk to about do. the other podcast if you don't want to. Well, do you want to hear it? I would like. I would like to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Well, for certain projects and for um, lately, I've been getting projects where it deals with girls in that fourteenth to mm-hmm. you know seventeen year old. You know, and uh, YA, so I, YA. I've been reading a lot of YA, and I and and uh, there's also some queer YA that's amazing that I wish would have had. You know, people would have had mm-hmm. back in the day. So, um, I thought about what's so exciting is that is 
it makes you think about your first time, your first kisses, your mm-hmm. first. So what if you had a podcast? And I've asked people, this is it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. When and where and what was it like, your first kiss? My, my first kiss, first of all, I was, I think, 37. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> No, but I've been to I've been in a boys' school, um, and, and I didn't know, and I'm an only child, and I didn't know anything about girls. I am now. I don't think I've ever told anybody the story I'm about to tell. You know so, what? No one could see this, but all of a sudden you yeah. turn five shades of yeah, red, am, and this I is am. what happens yes. when you ask. So, um, so apparently, well, yeah, we're now going to have to go out of this break with "I Kissed a Girl," although it's the one song I never ask you to play, but. Um, but so there was a girl that had been interested in me, and I really had had no experience of anybody being interested in me, and so we started kind of dating-ish, and there was a moment where you know, like, like when you're that age. Too, Wait, how old were you? I, okay, thirty-six maybe. I'm not sure. So no, I was like a junior, I guess maybe, and I really well, I've been in a boys' school. I had no skills with girls. I didn't know how to talk to them, dance with them, or do anything with them. So, and that's where this story is going. So, you know, you're like driving around in cars together. You know, I mean, so we're probably in Jimmy Alderman's uh, Pontiac Le Mans, and there's some people in the front seat, and this young woman, her name was Laura, and I are in the back seat, and she suddenly turns to me to kiss. She wants to kiss, and so we. We kiss, and I think, wow, well, I finally have actually kissed a, a girl. And so, but the, was there? So you kissed. We kissed. Was we, but but was there tongue involved, or was this, this is public radio? You know, I have to live tongue, in this town. Public radio, yeah, but that's that's, that's <laughs> first. It's still first base. I have to go to a Whole Foods this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> okay, all right. You I don't have to answer. Well, I, I think the next part of the story is going to give you the answer. Okay, good. Okay, so the next day, my friend <laughs> Martin sat down with me. And it turned out he started having a conversation with me, and it turned out that his girl, that that the girl who had kissed me, had then asked her friend Betsy uh, to talk to her boyfriend Martin, so that Martin could come and discuss kissing with me because I was so bad at it. And so my friend Martin had to sit down and say, in this very awkward way. Kind of, I've been asked to discuss kissing with you. I don't think he put it exactly that way, but I was a problem kisser enough so that well, I needed. What did he say? I needed to be in a remedial class, you know, which was well. He sort of described. I, I like this is you know a long time ago, but uh, so it would have been <laughs> like 1970, 71, something like that. I remember every word of it. <laughs> but he kind of gave me a sort of sense of what his approach to kissing uh, well, was. What was that? I don't. Uh, first of all, that might be a violation of his privacy, and I also don't remember. Um, but it was certainly different from my approach to kissing, which was just completely inadequate. So, so my be- the, my beginning uh, as a kisser was so much like so many other things, which was that I immediately found out <laughs> completely misunderstood. You know what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> So, so I hope you're happy, Jill Solbiel. I've, so, ne- I've never told that story, I don't think, to anybody. That is so great. Yeah. So so that was it. Martin's a dentist now. Does that is that important? Yeah, and his name? No. <laughs> <laughs> what did because I want to call him and ask him for some advice. All right, yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that's covered by your insurance. <laughs> so, you know, I think Well, so did you kiss again at did did yeah, you we, guys kiss we again went on, after we that? Went, we went on, pres- presumably I improved. Well, you must have because yeah. she continued to see and you guys continued to kiss. I guess. So it was successful. She became a doctor too, I think. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, we have, <laughs> and not just so I can get out of the story, but like we've really blown up the clock right here in a really bad way. So you have to play. No, you don't have to play. I kissed a girl just because we have I'm that I'm doing it. Okay. Damn it. Okay. Jenny came over and told me about Fred. He's such a hairy behemoth. But she said, dumb as a box of hammers. But he's such a handsome guy. And I opened up and I told about Larry. And yesterday, how he asked me to marry. Not giving him an answer yet. I think I can do better. And we laughed. Compared notes. We had a drink. We had a smoke. She took off her overcoat. I kissed a girl. She called Tom to say she'd be late. He said he worried, but now he feels safe. I'm glad you're with your girlfriend. Tell her hi for me. Then I looked at you, yet guilt in your eyes, but it only lasted a little while. Then I felt your hand above my knee And we laughed at the world They can have their diamonds and we'll have our pearls I kissed a girl Well I kissed a girl her lips were sweet, she was just like kissing me Kissed a girl and changed the world I'm so glad I kissed a girl I kissed a girl And we laughed at the world They can have the diamonds and we'll have our pearls I kissed a girl I kissed a girl Well I kissed a girl, her lips were sweet She was just like kissing me but better I kissed a girl Oh, are we back? Are we just talking? <laughs> we got into a bit. We got into a bit that you were yelling at me in the headphones. I suddenly realized I could hear a noise in the studio. That was you yelling at me in the, at the headphones. Well, this is what happens when Jill Sobiel comes in: is that we just get off in conversations during the break, and uh, and then we screw up the show. Uh, anyway, so it's a great idea for a podcast. I know. I yeah. think it'd be good. Why don't we do it? All right. Okay. Okay. Let's I get think Ma- it's- let's get Mike Pence for the first episode. Oh, with mother. <laughs> Like that's oh my god that'd be so fun someone well, making it. could he admit that he'd kissed somebody else at some point you know it might be a complicated th- I mean early earlier on not, be, not recently you know be, and uh, I'd love to be able to just ask Mike Pence was it with tongue right well you certainly didn't hesitate to ask me that so that was a good warm up <laughs> well those French you know I remember the first time French yeah. kissing it was weird yeah oh absolutely and you didn't know really what to do it still is weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only weird if you think about it. You know, well, my the, first kiss. Yes. I didn't uh, know whether I was supposed to ask you that. Oh, you can ask okay. me. All right. 
was, but it, it was, it wasn't with tongue. It was in yeah. sixth grade with uh-huh. a guy named Robbie Naiman. Yeah. And this is tra- traumatic and horrible. Um, he, you know, it was the day. Do you remember the people would like, let's go steady. And then like four days or hours later, they'd say, we're breaking up. <laughs> you know, you do that. So, it didn't really happen to me. But. So Ro- Ro- Robbie Naiman. I mean, the first part never happened. The first part. Um, well, it didn't happen that much yeah. for me too. But Robbie Naiman asked me to go out a week later. Yeah. Having, I heard having, he was. Having broken up with you? He he broke up with me a week later. Oh, yeah, a week later. Okay. Sixth grade. Yeah. And we had like maybe one kiss. Right. No tongue. Right. You know, it was like – and I just – he I heard that he told someone I was a bad kisser mm-hmm. and that he was breaking up with me. And it was devastating and I hadn't seen him since ninth grade. Yeah. So a couple months ago on Facebook, I got a, a message saying, hey, Jill, it was really cute. You know, I've been following your career. I'm a fan, and I hope you're still not mad at me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, ju- I just wrote it back, so now you come crawling back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we should say that I don't th- – I'm sure this is sold out. They can't go right tonight, Mark Twain I has. think it is. Yeah. But, but I want to come uh, – let's, let's do a – I want to do a regular gig here. Uh, like w- a uh, – not that, that – w- where more people can come. Nothing. Yes. Nothing would make Hartford happier. Yeah. I would uh, love that. W- so you want to do another song? Yes. I can put on in a request. Unless what is your request? Well, right before I came here just to get in the mood, I listened to Mom. Is Mom a song you – Oh, Mom. No. You know what? I'd have to look at the lyrics All right. No, no, don't worry stuff, about it. But then. Mom do is sweet. It's a great song. It's a great song. But do whatever you want to do. Um. All right. Let's think of something I want to do. I should say this is recording artist Jill Sobiel. Is your Kickstarter still active? While no, you're still no, no. It's done. We put. Uh, so when will we get the? Um, you will get the the CD or the in one? October. October. Okay. Early October. Oh, this is a fun my, one. My the, significant other put. Uh, we're very eager to, you know. Oh, I'll yeah. send it to you beforehand. I'll send you a no, Dropbox. We want, we want to be treated just like everybody else. Now. Let me – you know, when I was probably here last time, this one's not on my record. This this record is kind of a serious, somber, mm-hmm. but contemplative, not somber, contemplative. contemplative. So I didn't put like some of the more goofy songs, which I'm going to put on something else. Right. Um, but we don't want to say somber. In the future – Not somber. Next interview you do with anybody, don't say somber. Say contemplative or – Yeah. I'm just giving you a little bit yeah, of Yeah, somber advice, isn't right? good. That just sounds no, like it's it just a big like drag. It. Exactly. Don't say it somber. It isn't somber at all. No, be- no. Because also there's always light at the end of the tunnel in there my songs. Yeah. Like if you look at that last one, there was. Right. So I'm going to give you a choice of the songs – and neither one of these are on the record. One is about talking to one of the trolls who was really uh, – an awful person mm-hmm. to to uh, kept writing things to me, kept finding me on Facebook because I got a lot of hate mail after I did that America song, mm-hmm. America back and and uh, so I got w- one person who kept calling me, uh, finding me, and, and subject was always commie died Jew, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, well, right, he said so. Th- I wrote him a. Uh, a song. I guess I should do that. No, you're going to have to do it. But, is, that, is that the song where we might have to worry, warn people that yeah, there may it's be got one the particular word, word, the A word in it? So uh, it does have the A word. I've decided that you are grown-ups out there and uh, we're not going to bleep it. But if you've got kids in the car or something, and, yes. you know, so, you don't talk that way. Then but you, it's in a nice way. It's yeah. not in uh, – it, it's the A word in a nice way. But uh, <laughs> so I wrote this song – and recorded it on my iPhone, just guitar and voice, and I sent it to this person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and 
wrote me back four thumbs up and never bothered me again. Sometimes. Unfortunately, you can't write a song for everybody in the world who's... But it would be a nice thing. I woke up this morning, I opened the shades, the birds were singing, my phone wasn't ringing, then I checked my mail after I read the news. The first time I met lovely you, I get you don't like me, I think I can tell. The vitriol, the words you misspell, you could be ten years old or a drunk old man. Whoever you are, you have time on your hands. It's just as easy to be nice as it is to be an asshole. Easy to be kind as it is to be a jerk. A smile wears better than a grimace or a sneer. It's just as easy to be nice, be nice. I can't stop thinking about the time it took to tell me how fat and ugly I look. You could have taken those hours to read a good book. I guess I should be flattered. You don't like my candidate. You don't like my songs. On some issues I'll give you. I could be wrong, but if you want to change hearts, have them listen to you. It's best not to call them a commie dyke. Two, two, three, four. It's just as easy to be nice as it is to be an asshole. Easy to be kind as it is to be a jerk. A smile works better than a grimace or a sneer. It's just as easy to be nice, be nice. I bet that you were bullied yourself in junior high. Well, let me tell you, darling, well, so was I. I bet your only friends are those that you met online. I grab my hand, come out of the basement, say hello to humankind. It's just as easy to be nice as it is to be an asshole. Easy to be kind as it is to be a jerk. It's just as easy to be nice as it is to be an asshole. See, I didn't realize it was the chorus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Our, our listeners are grown-ups. Our listeners are grown-ups. They were warned. If you had kids in the car, you were warned. But you know what? It was it was a nice sentiment. It, it wasn't a, well, being— It is. And I, can I just say I have two serious things. One is a question. One is a statement. The statement is I've been sort of shopping that attitude around lately, and people on all sides of any divide are not open to it. Like kumbaya is not selling well these days. No. It's like if you say to people, if you say to people, you know, you and I are politically liberal, if you say to your fellow liberals— Maybe we should be nicer to the other side. They go, why? Why should we do that? <laughs> I'm not doing that. They're not nice. Why should I be nice? 
Nobody wants to start being nice. It's it's very hard. I know there's no civil discourse. Is yeah, there? and uh, people feel kind of like entitled to their resentment because they know how awful the other people are. So, and I don't know how you break that cycle except by sending each individual person <laughs> their own song, which I don't think is practical. It isn't practical, no. but but at least this person, like I said, I got four thumbs up. You changed one person. So, um, I also. This is sort of a serious question. Uh, like that song's not on the next album. How does an artist sit there and decide? You write a lot of songs, you know, and I've never heard a bad Jill Sobule song. They're all good songs. So how do you, you know, I mean. Well, I had a friend of mine co-produce um, a friend. Do you know Ben Lee, the artist? I know that. Yes, I know. Yes. Yeah. So sweet. And I, I have problems. Like right now I'm having problems sequencing the record. I don't mm. know what comes before or after and I can't yeah. make a decision and everyone needs me to, to, to stop the madness and make a decision. But I had him because I don't want to wait another five years to do a record. I w- I'd like to do one every year. So I said, here's a group of songs, Ben. Mm-hmm. Just pick him out. And he wanted this vibe Yeah. for the record, a kind of he wanted, this is going to be your kind of, you know, this, this, this is a... Not, so, a, not somber. No. No. No, no it's, it's, it's kind of cinematic and ah. romantic and, yeah. and yes. So that's, turning it over to somebody else, I think, I mean, in a way, a person like you could overthink this question and turning the question of which songs in what order to over to somebody you trust might be a possibility. That's what I did. Yeah. I think it's a very healthy solution. Right. I, I endorse that. All right. So we have to take another break. Do you want to play a song into the break? What do you want to do? Um, sure. Unless uh, – can I, can I do one that uh, – um, You can do whatever you want. Okay. I, I, th- this is going to be – so I had this other idea for a little EP yeah. called Useful Songs. Yeah. I love how I'm playing. Uh, and um, – I don't have a living will. Do you have a living will? This is a very complicated subject for me, but um, technically no, even though I go around this country giving speeches about it. I'm going to give you one. You give me a living will? Okay. Well, I'm going to – this is what you could do for – I made one instead of the expense of going to a lawyer. Right. I thought, why can't I publish a song? Right. So I was thinking, here's my business. <laughs> I, I will do for $25. Yeah. Everyone, I can just give them a song and just add their name to it. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Okay. I hope I live to 103 Die in my sleep peacefully But if I get some fatal red disease Unplug me If I walk out the door Get hit by a bus Please tell the doctors not to make a fuss If my diagnosis is a total bust Unplug me Drip, drip, drip goes the morphine Blip, blip, blip goes my heartbeat Don't bring me down, don't bring me around Just unplug me Hope I live to a hundred and four Have a heart attack on the dance floor If there's not a chance, then set me free Unplug me I can 
can't afford a lawyer, I can't afford the bill. Instead, I'll write it in a song. My name's Jill, and this is my living will. Unplug me, but before you do, make sure it's not just a bad cold or flu. I know it's not fun, but I'm counting on you. Unplug me. Unplug me. All right, we're back. Jill Silbula is going to give me an instrumental bed so I can do the credits. So the work of producing this wonderful show was shared among Jonathan McPants, Gene Amatruda, Kion Wolf, Betsy Kaplan. Nothing really ever happens. Nothing any good ever happens without Betsy Kaplan's involvement at some level. Amanda Fish is a big uh, Jill Silbule fan, and so she's swimming nearby listening to this show. The part of Bill Curry was played by Eric Clapton. And uh, tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to do a visit with Sarah Kenzier. Ken- Sarah Kenzier um, had, uh, she's been on our show a few times. She's, uh, I think it's fair to say, a left-leaning journalist. Um, she was on the Monday after the 2016 election and kind of notably and famously wept on the air. Uh, but she's written a very interesting book about the American heartland and you know what was going on there and what you could understand about our situation. She'll be on that show tomorrow. And I think that sort of rounds it all out here. So we're very excited to have in the studio with us Jill Sobiel, who's going to just come back to Hartford all the time from now on. Yeah, because we're doing the podcast. We're doing the podcast. And uh, and you're going to tell more about that story. <laughs> there, there, I've told so much. I Really, I, I'm going to have to – it's good that I'm leaving on vacation in three or four days, which is good because – People will have forgotten about that story by the time I come back. You know, things <laughs> no, will... they, they, no they, the people here are not going to let right. people forget it. So um, I'm going to tell you something else that listeners to the show don't know and never seem to have guessed. All right. So every day on the show when we do the credits, we thank uh, somebody named Amanda Fish. And the reason for this is that we were asking this company for some resources. I can't remember what the resources were, but one of our bosses was down here one day and they, he, she said that, whoever was making this decision, didn't want to like just give us a whole bunch of stuff. She said uh, he'd rather teach a man to fish. And I, I, thought he was, I thought he was talking about somebody named Amanda Fish. I thought – so I said, are we going to be working with Amanda Fish? Because I love her. She's great. <laughs> so that's why we thank Amanda Fish every day. I've now revealed something. That's fantastic. That other people don't know. Yeah. So we're here with Jill Sobiel, uh And can people order the – thing that's going to come out in October yet? Or how does this work? It's like, One of the things, you did this, you got involved in this very early, this idea of setting yourself free. I think that's the way we should look at it from some of the constraints that have weighed down other musical artists in the past and just going directly to the people who love your music. Right, which saying, is really what people have to do nowadays anyway. Right. But you did it more before most people did. Yes, I was, I was pre-Kickstarter. Right. And in fact, Kickstarter, the people that started it, yeah. uh, had meetings with me. They did. Yes, yeah. they did. And they made a big business out of it. And I'm, you know, what was I thinking? Yeah. You were just this little person going, help me. Help me, help yeah. Me. So do you know what the new album is going to be called? Does it have a name? Is yes, it... it's going to be called Nostalgia Kills. Nostalgia Kills. That also could be kind of a noir movie too, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. It could be like, you know, like an old Robert Mitchum movie or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's Nostalgia Kills. It, well, a lot of it is a look back yeah. on uh, 
you know, maybe that's why, you know, the first kiss thing has resonance to me. Right. It, um, a lot of the songs look back upon those, those years, that, that, that uh, seventh to, mm-hmm. to 10th grade. In fact, I'm doing a show, a one-woman show working on it in, at the City Theater in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be called hashtag F-word seventh grade. Ah, oh yeah, I saw that on your website. Yeah. So, uh, and some of those songs from Nostalgia Kills yeah. will, will be on it. I think also, you know, that whole idea, of course, comedy is tragedy plus time. But it's also true that there's a whole, br- like, for example, the story that you elicited from me today is a story that I've never told to anybody because it was sitting there in the back of my memory as this kind of embarrassing, horrible thing. But the minute I told it, I realized it's a funny story. But I just, if you don't take it out, and, and show it around. You, it's sitting back there as this horrible and thing. And the other thing is, is you think you're alone in it. When I've asked people over the last week, mm-hmm. everyone has an embarrassing, <laughs> kind of not great first kiss. Yeah. No one has that, I knew sparks would fly. Everyone gets red and has this kind of <laughs> I, a, inept feeling. And, and so I, it's one of those things you wish when you were that age that you knew that Everyone felt that right. same way. So Jill Silbiel, in the time that remains, first of all, we love you. You can't come here enough to make us happy. Play, oh, the, play the beginning of a song that – the beginning of a song you'd like to end on. We'll only hear the beginning of it. The only beginning of a song? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it right now, and it is going to be Nostalgia Kills. All right. Turn off the lights I'll pull down the screen And turn on the projector And then we'll see How it used to be You and me You and your striped shirt And desert boots I'm in my blue dress and cardigan Funny how it comes back again As we open the box and another appears Look at ourselves in a wrong row of mirrors We get smaller and smaller with each passing year We have to keep moving or die Turn up the volume on the stereo. Let's spin it around.